Good to see y'all here tonight. Suppose you were a carpenter, and you had to create a beautiful piece of artwork. Now, do you think you would use a piece of wood that looks like this? This is a, it's called a burl, B-U-R-L. And it's, it's really just an ugly piece of wood. It grows on the side of trees when a limb falls off. This sometimes grows in its place. And this is a small burl. Some burls get up to 60 and 70 pounds. They get huge. Um, and we all know, a lot of us know Brother Al Cravens. He attends the Lebanon Road Church of Christ. And he used to be a youth minister. He still works with youth a lot. And he's always found doing good works. He's always trying to help somebody. What you may not know about Brother Al Cravens is that he is a carpenter. And he's a special kind of carpenter because instead of using pieces of wood that are beautiful, using two-by-fours that are the perfect um, color, there's no gaps in them or anything, he uses ugly pieces of wood like this burl. And he creates beautiful bowls like this. Now this... This bowl is actually created from a burrow a lot like this one. And it's beautiful. The grain's running across it. It's polished. And to hold it is awesome because it's proportional. There's no divots in it. Um, everything is perfect about this bowl. Now you say, what's the difference between this burrow and this bowl? Al's workmanship. What's the difference between the two? It's Brother Al. Al is the only thing that makes this burrow become a bowl because that is his workmanship. Tonight, let's think about another workman. This is also a special workman. He was a carpenter. Um, think about how much money in this day and age a bowl made by Jesus Christ would bring. What if somebody put a bowl on the website eBay and tried to sell it? Think of how much money it would be worth. I mean, PayPal has no limits. It would be ridiculous. And um, so it would be worth a lot of money. But do you realize that tonight there are creations made by this same Jesus Christ sitting all around us. But his greatest creation wouldn't be a bowl or a piece of uh, furniture or anything like that. His greatest creation would be a Christian. His greatest workmanship would be a Christian. Let's look in the Bible. Turn to Romans chapter 2. Or Romans chapter 1, excuse me. Verse 20. Romans chapter 1, 20. The word translated workmanship is only used twice in the New Testament. And the first time, it talks about us being a workman a workmanship of Jesus Christ physically. Let's read Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are, clear, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, or his workmanship, even his eternal power in God has, so they, that they are without excuse. This made, in the original translation, is actually translated workmanship. So here Paul is telling us that creation proves the existence of God. It proves the existence of Jesus Christ. Um, you say, what does that mean? For example, the human body. It's very complex. It's very precise. You take into consideration the, our muscle structure, our skeleton, our DNA, our cardiovascular system. Um, all these things, the nervous system, all these things work together for, to make the human body work. And you also take into consideration our ability to reason, our conscience, how, to, how we know right from wrong. All these things work together to create the human body. No one else has ever been able to create the human, a human. No one has and no one ever will be able to. And that's what makes us God's workmanship physically. So Romans 1 verse 20 is that we are God's workmanship physically. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and this is where we'll spend the rest of the sermon. 
verse 10. This is talking about Jesus, us as Jesus' workmanship spiritually. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As our Savior, Jesus brings us back from spiritual death and makes us a Christian, makes us his workmanship. Just as Brother Al Cravens takes this uh, burl and makes it a bowl. Jesus is our our worker. Um, If we are living the Christian life, that life is a workmanship of Jesus. So tonight, let's break down Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 10, and let's see Jesus as the workman and us as his workmanship. So what did Jesus start with? What are the resources that Jesus used to make us his workmanship? Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This is what Jesus started with. Notice how displeasing and how worldly this life is. This life is full of pain, suffering, depression, on and on and on. It's just a worldly life. Let's make a list of these, what he, what he just said. Paul says that first we are dead. Our sin has separated us from God. And the trespasses, and we walk the worldly course. The Old Testament tells us that um, the way of the transgressor is hard. So we were walking down a hard path. Why do we start walking down this path? It says that we... We've, we started following the prince of power, which is Satan. We, start, we stopped following God who created us, one that loved us, one that wanted the best for us, and we started following Satan, the one who hates us, and he only wants us to do wrong. So, so we started, of course, being disobedient, fulfilling our lust of the flesh, and we were actually being described as the children of wrath. So practically, before Jesus, before we became Jesus' work, work, workmanship, we were a dead man walking. We're walking on this, earth, on this earth with no purpose. So keep in mind, these are the resources that Jesus started with. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Now looking at these, you think there's no hope. There's no hope for us as humans to ever be able to be Jesus' workmanship. But let's take Al Craven's illustration for a second. It takes one year to make a bowl like this. It takes one year. The bowl has to cut the wood. It has to dry properly. It has to season. And... Um, he starts carving on it when it's officially dried and ready. He carves on it with a wood lathe, with certain carving uh, knives and all this stuff. All these tools that Brother Al Cravens uses to make this. And it's a long process. So we see that every workman has to have tools to make his workmanship. All right. So what tools did Jesus work with to create us? What kind of tools would it take to make a person, this person above a wonderful creation? Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, and look at it. But God, here's here's the first tool that Jesus used. But God, being rich in mercy, here's the second tool, because of great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. How are we alive with Christ? The third tool, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So we see that he uses rich mercy, saving grace, and great love to make us. These are the tools that he uses. Let's go through these individually. Rich mercy. What is rich mercy? It's mercy in abundance. There's a lot of mercy when you're dealing with Jesus Christ. 
And so what is mercy? Mercy is compassion. Mercy, mercy is a tool that does not give us what we deserve. What do we deserve as humans? We deserve to stay like this burl, this ugly piece of wood, useless. Um, we deserve to be condemned as humans. We deserve to go to hell. We don't deserve any blessings. And we see the tool of saving grace. Saving grace gives us what we do not deserve. What do we not deserve? We don't deserve to be like this bull. We don't deserve to be a Christian. We don't deserve to have Jesus down the cross for our sins. We do not deserve Jesus coming to this world to save us. And so if we take all these reasons that we deserve to be condemned, which is the mercy, and add it to all the reasons that God wants us to be saved, which is the grace, we become a wonderful creation. We become a workmanship of Jesus Christ. And the third tool is a tool of great love. And it's kind of like the source of these two, of these rich mercy and saving grace. It's the source of these. I think about it like I'm going to use a power tool, an electric drill, and how am I going to get this electric drill to work? I've got to plug it into the generator or electric outlet. So the generator is the source to this power tool. It's what makes it work. And so that's how love is, great love. It's the generator. Love is a generator, and it makes rich mercy and saving grace even possible. Great love is what brought Jesus down to this earth to save us from our sins. So without that, it wouldn't be possible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved, which is a tool, the world, and notice this resource, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, anyone who wants to come to him, can be a Christian, believes in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life, which is a reward for those who are his workmanship. So we see the Lord who died on the cross, and that is a direct example of his great love for us. We see the redeemed, and we see the result of all these tools working together, rich mercy, saving grace, and great love. So with these tools, um, what could Jesus create with them? What could he create through Jesus Christ? And the answer is us. We are his workmanship. Let's read, verses, let's read verse 10 again of chapter 2. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are Jesus' workmanship. No one can remove the guilt of our sins but Jesus no one but Jesus can put in us a hope of heaven in our soul. No one can help us forgive the unforgivable and to love the unlovable. Only Jesus can because he is our creator. Um, when we truly have been created by Jesus spiritually, we are someone that we can never have been on our own. Think about it. Do you do things that you never would have done if you weren't a Christian? You accept people that you never would have accepted. You, you believe in eternity. You believe in a heaven and a hell just because you're a Christian. The whole life that is created when one submits to God because we, is beautiful because he allows, we allow him to shape our life. We can never do it on our own. It would be just like expecting this bar, burl, B-U-R-L, burl, to become this bowl by itself. It's impossible. Let's read, well, let's know this important point first. Uh, God never forces himself upon us. We won't become a spiritual workmanship unless we choose to be his spiritual workmanship. Let's read verses 8 and 9 of Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and by this, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. It says in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And we cannot boast of becoming a workmanship of Jesus Christ. Christ has to be in our life. So we can remain like this, burl, or we can choose to let Jesus in our life. And be like this bowl. I mean, think about it. Can you imagine this bowl? It uh, rolled up to me. 
And it said, hey, Colton. And I said, hey, Bull, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, Colton, I just wanted you to know tonight that I made myself. I'm a self-made bull. I didn't have a creator. I didn't have a maker. I went from a burrow kind of like that, and I made myself. Look at me, I'm pretty. That's what he said. And you say, that's ridiculous, when it is. But have you ever heard people say, I'm a self-made millionaire, I'm a self-made man, self-made bodybuilder. (laughs) But you never hear people say, or you should never hear people say, I'm a self-made Christian. Because you can't be a self-made Christian. It's impossible. You have to have Jesus working in your life. So when you see people coming from the depths of sin, coming from just a worldly life, they are a bad friend, they have bad friends, they're just worldly. And you, and you see them come to being a Christian, you see them hanging around good people, being a good friend, and only doing right for God, only wanting to do right. That's a total transformation. But you never hear people say, I did it on my own. I'm a Christian by myself. I didn't need Jesus to help me from this extreme to this extreme. Um, so it's just an impossible thing. So tonight, it's your choice. You can, we learn from Romans chapter 1 verse 20 that we are Jesus' creation physically. And we learn from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that we are Jesus' creation spiritually. And so tonight we can make the choice. We can be this burl, we can say this burl as Jesus, um, as just this burl. And we can be dead in the trespasses of God. We can actually be described as a son of wrath, as a follower of the devil. Or tonight we have the choice to become like this bowl. We can be the tools. We can be saved by the tools of rich mercy, saving grace, and great love.